Welcome, everybody, to uh, what's going to be a very special episode of Steady Lads. We just finished interviewing Andrei Grachev. It was our second guest, and it got progressively more entertaining uh, as it went on. Just wanted to uh, get everyone's thoughts as we just finished up. It was quite a quite an interview. Justin, how did you how did you see it? Yeah, I mean, I thought Andre was a was a really nice guy, super open and like willing to chat about you know any of the questions we threw at him. I think we asked some controversial questions, and I think he was like very skilled at answering those questions and sort of like not obfuscating, but sort of like handling the questions well in a very PR friendly way. Um, so I don't think you know like any of us are necessarily endorsing. Uh, some of the answers he gave about like how the market functions and if there's manipulators in the market, possibly even uh, DWF. Uh, but I thought it was, you know, like overall a very entertaining and successful chat. Uh, he was really pleasant, really nice to us, like very open and like happy to answer anything we threw at him, which was was great. Yeah, I feel like he maybe had his guard up a little bit at the beginning. Um, and then uh, maybe we didn't uh, you know, ask like the tough questions uh, in like the right way. Um, but I think he, you know, like 20, 30 minutes in, uh, he was more comfortable with us. And yeah, like the last segment was like hilarious. So um, I hope everyone enjoys like that bit uh, near the end. How about you, Dickie? Yeah, like I think Andre is like a very, you know, notorious and controversial character on Twitter. And um, it's really cool that we were able to get him to like sort of talk to an interview with us and sort of pick his brain on how he views things and how he views like DWF and the role in the markets. Um, but yeah, I, I think like, yeah, I thought that was a good interview. It was really good. Um, uh, obviously, DWF has a lot of opinions and there's on-chain movements where they're moving coins around and displaying different things. Ultimately, we don't know exactly you know, what's happening on centralized exchanges. We don't, we don't have their fills. We don't have exactly like the full evidence. Um, we didn't want to push too hard, but I think viewers will still get a sense of you know how Andre and DWF looks at the market and... Uh, um, we're not endorsing either side. We just wanted to bring everybody this uh, kind of very entertaining and, you know, quite thoughtful and useful um, ideas that are presented throughout. So hope you guys enjoy. GM, everybody. Gratchev morning. Welcome to a very, spe- very special episode today. Uh, we have Andre here from uh, DWF, who has been taking uh, crypto Twitter by storm with some of these amazing memes and... Have you done any podcasts before, Andre, or is this your first one? I think this is, yes, it's the first one. I had something with Bybit, but uh, it was not like this. It was more official. We're not going to count that, that this is the official, this is it, it's happening here. Um, we're very excited to, to have you. Um, I saw you were a token, and um, we, saw, we saw your speech there. It was, uh, it was very fun. And was it, was it comfortable being in, in front of a bunch of people and... Uh, talking uh by yourself or how did you find that experience yeah it's fine for me uh, i like it yeah it's, i have enough experience of uh, these public presentations i know i uh, you know we've we've not um had the chance to talk much before i know unfortunately um you you weren't able to to grab thicky here out of um scimitar capital i know his firm was almost going bankrupt so he was potentially <laughs> looking for a job but they had a really good uh, week on Bybit during the trading competition, and uh, they managed to pull through. Um, have you guys been doing pretty well in hiring, it looks like? You guys are expanding. You're one of the few firms during the bear market that's uh, that's kind of seems to be quite quite uh, active and expanding. Uh, yeah, all good. All good. I would say that's our 
we are trying to grow our business and uh, our business model is like to be profitable right that's what we are trying when when you are profitable you can expand your team you can expand your business how is it compared to the bear market like during this sort of uh sorry compared to the bull market now it's the bear market like compared to last year the year before um you know are, are you still finding it interesting uh in the trading i know like you know you're doing a lot of volume a lot of market making but if the volume's down for everybody um how do you how is the actual uh, experience yeah of course uh, we are also affected right because <clears throat> we have this market making business did with labs right which is more related to clients and partners right it's about the projects but we have our main business which is called dwf it is uh, a prop hft shop right and of course in 2021 2022 when volumes were i remember 150 and 200 billions a daily right of course it was a different story than now because this business is just uh very very linked to volumes and our profit is like a few bips right of traded volume we cannot trade more than market and uh, it is like this right but it's okay you make money here and then you make less money while the crypto winter it's okay of course it's less than two years ago but it will be more again yeah, I think Taiki was quite a, kind of curious to learn a little bit about your your crypto background and you know how you got into space. Maybe uh, you can ask some questions. Yeah, I feel like I mean I've been in the markets a couple of years and I haven't really heard your name uh, like even during the bull market. And I feel like your notoriety, your name has really grown. I um, mean, I think you know you, you recently celebrated like ten thousand followers. Uh, like, how did you get into crypto? Um, and I guess like why did you start DWF? Like, what's your mission there? Yeah. Uh, let's start from the beginning. Uh, my experiences with crypto started in 2016. Uh, we had like a small mining farm uh, with friends, like 10 mining machines for Ethereum. And it was the time when Ethereum price was like five or seven bucks. And then it uh, skyrocketed uh, in 2017, if you remember, and we sold all this ETH when it was 350. Yeah, we were super happy, right? It was like, you know, like lottery, right? And then we played some investments uh, with ICOs, put some money in ICO, some, something we earned, some money we lost. It's okay, right? Uh, then we started kind of friends and family company to trade something, arbitrage strategies on crypto market. We did some trading but it was quite you know on the basic level right uh in 2018 i met hobby uh guys they wanted to expand their business to russia and they were looking for someone who could lead this uh, hobby russia direction right and thanks to some of my background here and also I had some financial experience uh, and knowledge in crypto. And so the time I was responsible for a kind of community-driven association, which uh, was trying to build some, not regulation, but some community rules, right, for crypto space. And uh, they decided to work with uh, me in this role, right? And it was autumn 2018. 
I was not related to DWF at all. But in December 2018, uh, DWF was established in Switzerland. I didn't know these guys at the time, but we have we had some mutual connection. One of lawyers from Switzerland, she knew me, she knew that guys. And she introduced them to me because they were looking for someone who would help them to get like a good conditions on exchanges, right? Because when you are small, when you just open your business, it's it's impossible to get like good conditions. But without good conditions, you cannot trade HFT because yeah. you burn your money, right? And yeah. so I spent like three months to get uh, to get these conditions for DWF, and they started in April 2019 on Hobby. Uh, yeah, early April 2019 uh, with. I remember 50k USD working capital. It was just 50k, and uh, they started from the from the scratch with around 20 million trading volume from day one, with 50k deposit. Right? It was insanely. It was insane, and uh, we started talking to each other and become some friends. Right? And then I helped them uh, to integrate some other exchanges, open uh, create accounts, uh, get the fees because of my connections in China. And then 2020, we started working together very, very closely. And so we created kind of JV that I was responsible for uh, exchanges. They, was responsible, they were responsible for trading. DWF traded on major exchanges and our JV traded on uh, not major exchanges. And in and last uh, year, in 2022, in the beginning, we merged completely. I become to be uh, like a shareholder of DWF, we merged everything and we launched this market making business, DWF Labs. And now DWF is uh, like a part of this business. But I started this DWF Labs from scratch with my partners, you know, one of them, Eugene, Zach and Hank. And uh, yeah, I remember last year in, on Token 2049, we had some you know meetings with first clients uh in the ground floor at marina bay sands we had no venue we just grab some coffee and try to <clears throat> have some conversation but this is the story and then you went from that to like sponsoring it the next year and being on stage and kind of being being like uh, having yes yes and answering your question <clears throat> regarding why i was not so public last years because we did only pro business. Uh, for pro business, you don't need to have Twitter or names, right? You just need to have connections with exchanges and trade, nothing else. That's why we were completely underwater. And it, it, it was good. <laughs> yeah, well, I would want to transition to asking about, about your talk at Token 2049. I imagine uh, many listeners have watched it, but some probably haven't. Um, can you talk a little bit about you know what your what your topics were that you shared at Token Twenty Forty Nine? How you see the market today? Because um, I assume this experience, uh, you know, of people sort of like having a terrible experience. You write poor very fast, is not the experience you're having. So can you share just a little bit about like what you're seeing now and what what you focused on at Token Twenty Forty Nine? Look, it, it was and it is my vision of the current market, right? Because. <laughs> You know, in 2017, 2021, right? Uh, all all the crowds, people believed that you buy something on crypto and then you make tens, 
100x just one day right and yeah. you can make a lot of money that's why a lot of people join the market but now it is not like this you can buy something and then it's crashed even yesterday you've seen btc right yeah. I suspect that a lot of people bought BTC when it was in the spike, right? And now they have some red numbers. And I'm more than sure that 99% uh, of them will sell it and uh, have these losses, right, in the account. That's why it's terrible for people to go to the market now. It is kind of traded like internally. Crypto people trade with crypto people because for like, People outside crypto, it is complicated and it is not attractive because uh, no 100x. That's what, that's what about uh, my speech was. Yeah, you had a really nice tweet that says uh, conditions are different now. Nothing moved, no yeah. Lambo, only wrecked. No, no Lambo. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, like what your thoughts are on, are, are you a, very much a believer in cycle theory that like, you know, once the new year hits when we're in 2024 and we have the having, is everything just going to pick up or are these cycles more just a coincidence and we're just fooled by randomness? Even randomness has some cycles, right? Uh, it is not fully randomness. And I do believe that, uh, of course, this market, same to other markets have some cycles, right? But I don't believe that someone could predict it. Like, okay, tomorrow this cycle will start. No, it's not possible, right? Uh, but from my point of view, maybe next year should be good. Well, why? Because there are not too, many, too much uncertainty of the market. Because uncertainty is the worst thing for, for finance, right? When people don't know what would happen, right? Now, everything bad happened. Everything good happened. People have expectations, this ETF, right? People have expectations, how would it? But the rest is clear, completely clear. And then for, you just need to have a match with uh, an appropriate condition from like traditional finance and it will go. If let's say it's ETF appro approved, Howing and let's say some capital injections again, right? It would go, it would go up. If not, it's not. But uh, anyway, are you like, uh, are you more of a, are you more of a Bitcoin guy? You're an Ethereum guy, like Solana. Like, what's what's your personal? Like, if you you know, if you start to feel bullish, where, where do you start to put your coins? Are you like the shit coins? Like, what do you position for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> for myself, uh, I would say I follow these portfolio ideas, right? Because uh, Bitcoin is kind of clear how it could uh, could be moved, right? Ethereum as well. The rest, it's just kind of a representation of BTC and ETH. Every the market is very correlated, right? Even shit coins, of course, they are dying. Uh, when market is bearish, but when the market is up, even shit coins are up, right? But the, the question is liquidity, right? You can buy, but you would probably not be able to sell. Uh, for me personally, I have some coins. I will not name them. I don't want. I have uh, stable coins, of course. Uh, BTC and ETH. 
but 50-50 BTC and ETH because 50, 50. You, you never know, right? How it will be. That's true. It's hard to uh, choose between those two. Um, yeah. I had a question, uh, Andre, about like how you guys are running DWF Labs. Um, do you guys have like a mandate that you're comparing your or benchmarking your returns to when you measure your performance? So, like, what is like your sort of investment horizon, and like, what are your goals on that front? Ooh. We don't have like a real benchmark for every deal, I would say, right? We have the only one benchmark. It should be profitable, right? Because uh, yeah. I, I have no idea of why business should be not profitable, right? It's easier to close it, right? Otherwise, it's charity, right? But we can do charity outside business. Uh, we have our goals, right? But it's more, I would say, more in general, right? Let's say for this year, we had some numbers that we would like to make certain amount of profit, right? And we are kind of doing this. And for uh, the next year, something like this. But it also very correlated with the market cycle, right? You cannot uh, make a lot of money when market is bullish or bearish. Sorry, you, you can. But let's say if today you would like to run, let's say, OTC business and you would like to make, let's say, 1 billion within one year, it would be not possible. Because even if you have like nice discount, let's say for major coins for 10%, right? And you can secure all the profits, like 10% for every deal, you should trade 10 billions OTC, which is doesn't seem real j just because of market capacity, right? You would kill the market the, and it would not work like this. Plus, I'm sure that it is not possible to take this amount because people don't want to sell. We are quite limited, right? For different cycles, we have different strategies. For example, for HFT, now it's a good time to work on the system, to upgrade it, to buy some hardware, right? To upgrade strategies and be prepared. Same to market making. Yeah, you mentioned that in the last cycle, you weren't really active on Twitter, um, but I'm like, I think obviously in the past couple of months, um, you've been using social media a lot. And I think you've, have, you've been having a lot of fun with it, posting memes and whatnot. Uh, do you think like being active on Twitter has like positively affected your business? Um, does it give you more better, like better access to flows, like you know, deals like the LTC curve, uh, like the YGG, stuff like that? Like how has Twitter like impacted like your business? Of course it has impact, right? Uh, it, it impacts. Uh, from my point of view, it's positive because what I what I like, right? I like uh, to have some, you know, clear position of ourselves, right? Our market positioning and uh, our vision. And Twitter and crypto Twitter uh, gave me this opportunity because when we started, right, we was one of uh, others like TWF and other market makers, right? But I don't want to be one of uh, others, right? Why DWF, right? We have sites that people don't like. We have sites that people like, but we have our position. And I would say regarding Twitter, right? What we see now, right? Some companies want to work with us because we do what we do, right? Some companies don't work with us because of we do what we do, right? But it's much better than uh, people just don't have opinion about you. 
Yeah, it's. Um, I think we talked about this before. It's like from the book, The 48 Laws of Power. It's like a better, um, I forget what the exact laws, but it's like better to like court attention at all costs is the law. Like better to be known and than just to, to be a totally unknown person in the market. Yeah, it's better to be hated than ignored. Yeah, uh, and of course, nature, you know, like this rationale and nature behind this hate also matters, right? When you have, when you, let's say, are hated because I know you you are stealing money from uh, old ladies, right? It's one story. It, it, it is shame, right? But if you are hated because you do something differently, right? And some people like it, some people don't like it, but you are kind of clean, right? Uh, and uh, nobody could say that you steal something or you scammed some someone, right? And you have some I know unpaid debt, right? It's another story. Here, you can be hated because people just don't like you. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> some people, uh, you know, don't like all of us. I think we can uh, uh, put up some of the tweets, you know, from, from the outside. We've been having a lot of popcorn and looking at these other market makers try to, uh, try to you know, talk, talk some smack. And then you, you have these epic responses, you know, I have to... Uh, to give you credit, so I think uh, you know one of one of Wintermute has been um, you know pretty pretty vocal and uh, trying trying to make a lot of a lot of comments and uh, you know one of the one of the best tweets uh, this year is uh, we are eating your market share like birthday cake. <laughs> In my mailbox, that is uh, that is a tier stuff. Um, have you interacted with Wintermute much, or is just this like Twitter? Twitter spats. It is just, uh, you know, Twitter, we interact with all the traders in the books, right? And it was uh, the first one when I replied to any competitors, right? <laughs> and I, uh, I don't like to do it, but I do believe if uh, I do it, I will do it like this with fun, right? Because uh, <laughs> I had this question uh, in April from the blog, right? And other media, right? What do you think about uh, that uh, other market makers don't like DWF? Look, I'm happy that other market makers don't like DWF, right? Because it means <laughs> that we do a good job, right? Uh, I would be more afraid scared if uh, our partners would uh, would not like us, right? But they're okay with us. It's, it's normal normal competition, right? Like uh, yeah, other people like are. This. But this, uh, this was a bit stronger words here. So from... Uh... From Chris Gill, from uh, this is GSR, a different firm. So uh, they got upset that you were on on a panel with uh, with some of the the other market makers. They say that you shouldn't even be on the panel. You have no business being in the same room in the same country. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't even <laughs> breathe the air. What, what did you What did you think when you first saw that? Like, what was your reaction when you first saw that? First of all, the, this panel was scheduled one week uh, prior. Uh, when it happened, right? My question, when it, it was so inappropriate for everyone, right? Why did they join this panel? Why did they not complain about it before the panel? It's my question, right? It's very good to join the panel, be in the part of discussion, and then complain that you, you were not good to be among us. Look, you could tell me it's for advance, right? Why why you wait too much? 
it's it's just like this but look it's it's same to previous tweet yeah i am okay with this and it's yeah i would like to have more tweets like this in the future can i ask because i i know you're you're like looking more into venture investments and and doing a little bit of investing there like how does this presence on twitter impact the sorts of deal flow you get there and then i'm also curious like what you guys are excited about investing in um which is sort of a separate topic uh let me let, let me reply uh, for the second question first right uh now we are trying to invest in uh, infrastructure projects right uh especially on perpetual dexes and because i do believe that uh, it is the future right N no, of course, the whole DeFi is the future, right? But let's say on uh, spot market, you have market leaders, right? This Uniswap, for example. And the landing market, you have Aave, right? Uh, on bridges, you have and also some bridges, right? Uh, but for the perps, you have some players, right? But they are not like a, there is not like a clear market leader, right? It's kind of okay. Uh, uh, so uh, DYDX, what... is, DYDX is kind of the market leader, I guess. DYDX, yes, but it's not really decentralized exchange. We, we do trading on DYDX, right? And our market share is like six percent, maybe seven. I don't, I don't remember clearly. But it has like centralized magic engine in decentralized settlement. It is not truly decentralized. For example, it JMX or SNX, they're fully decentralized, right? completely different story and i do believe that one of these exchanges or maybe some new exchange will lead the market in the future dydx has its market share it's okay it, 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 it but it's a, a little bit different to me interesting like do you actually think that i mean of course dydx is like number one right like do you think another like a more decentralized perpdex whether it be uh, gmx snx or something new like do you actually think it can flip dydx uh, i feel like it's that's not really a consensus view. Uh, so curious to hear like why you think that. I think, yes, that uh, one of uh, digitalized perpetuals, fully digitalized perpetuals exchanges will be the market leader and the whole market of digitalized perpetuals will grow because now the volumes kind of even not equal, they are smaller than spot. It should not be like this. If you take a look at perps markets uh, on centralized exchanges, it is if I remember correctly, uh, Binance, only Binance has more volume on perps than the whole spot market, right? That's how it should be. And yeah. DeFi, it should be like this. Because, you know, perps are obviously like you, you get more margin, you can leverage more, you can do cheaper fees, you don't have to do like physical settlement. There's a lot of advantages that come uh, with that. Exactly. And You've been in the space for a long time, and I'm sure you've seen BitMEX kind of, you know, start the perp. Um, and since you're focusing on perps, and I know that a lot of your tweets are around funding rates, I'm kind of yeah. curious to get your opinion on the perpetual as a product. Obviously, traditional markets don't really have this. Their calendar futures, they expire every three months and they roll. This is kind of mm -hmm. what that world is. And in crypto, you have this weird product, this perpetual product that never expires in the way that it kept keeps in line is the funding rate and it seems to be something that uh, you guys are dwf you know you have a lot of nfa dyor tweets but uh funding rates seem to be um do you think the way the funding rate is structured where it uses the the spot price as an oracle um is it is it sort of broken in a way does it make sense like sometimes if the spot volume is very low 
um, does it still make sense to use it as an oracle or um, what do you think about the funding rates? Look, uh, I think it makes sense uh, because anyway, you should have some oracles, right? It cannot be like completely, completely unbound from that, right? But we've seen some examples when perpetuals had completely different price than spot, right? Why it happens? Because of low volatility, right? Uh, I had some interesting discussion with uh, some TradeFi guys like last week in Dubai. Uh, when they said that, let's imagine you have 100x leverage, right? And then even if you trade gold or, I don't know, a Euro USD pair, it would be like Doji, Doji coin, right? Because thanks to your leverage, uh, your position would be like this, right? And here's the same. I even today I saw a tweet. I don't remember who wrote it, but anyway, right? The guy kind of explained why he trades with leverage because he said that okay, I can buy one BTC with 20k and sell with for 60k, and I would make like 40k profit, right? But if I have like five uh, x leverage or 10 x leverage, I don't remember, I could make like. 250 or 500k profit right which is true but another side of it right uh, that you can have zero because you, you liquidated right uh and people's psychology is always about the chance than about the risk people always underestimate risk and overestimate the chance and that's why perpetuals are very popular and that's why the volumes are huge because it is maybe not a good word but it's more related to gambling than to trading. And I read some uh, research about markets and casino, and it was very interesting. I will share with you later. Um, let's say if you take a look at 100 people, first 100, first 100 uh, goes to casino. And then three people will win. Uh, if you take a look at 100 who goes to exchange, one people will, one guy will win, right? Wow. <laughs> it is like statistic from some uh, American university from 2010 or 2012, but I don't think that uh, things uh, change too much. People remain to be people. <laughs> I was just saying, can I ask you a, a question sort of on that? So you put out this tweet, um, basically like a quote from the market. We had a good time laughing about this on the podcast a couple episodes ago. <laughs> basically saying but, like, you know, that the market can be pushed up or down. You can be liquidated. Random coins can skyrocket. This isn't like necessarily about you specifically, but I think like a lot of people in our industry have this perception that market makers, large firms are manipulating the price or let's say like, creating like unorganic price discovery. I'm curious like what your thoughts are about that. Like how you view this? Is it something that's happening in the market? Is it something that you're seeing other firms engage in? You know, uh, I don't have this tweet with me, right? Uh, but I heard another, uh, it's, uh, it is not about this, but it's related uh, in terms of sense, right? When you win, it's your alpha, you're nice, you're good, right? If you lose, you were manipulated, market maker dumped <laughs> the price, right? And <laughs> it's same about psychology, right? Uh, 
it's nice to feel your to feel that you're nice right you win and you nobody wants to accept this fact that sometimes you're not nice right and uh, regarding this quote uh, yeah this is true right this is the market and the market uh, has a lot of participants they have a lot of it, it has a lot of retailers a lot of institutions not only market makers and hfts right also funds uh which could don't care about like short-term price movements like we've seen yesterday with btc right some somebody bought btc right and it was pumped and that's it right i don't think that this guy who did it care too much about this price fluctuation right let's say if your investment uh, term is like 10 years would you care about this 100 bucks of course no right but for those who had like 100x leverage for btc position right it's it's the end <laughs> it's market maker manipulated the market and that's why we're fucked right uh that's what i think about it right of course maybe something shady happened right but i don't think that it's possible with like large large markets which has like billions of trading volume or 100 billions. yeah can you because so thicky has brought this up maybe he can speak to it more but he's like found himself either caught off sides where like uh he suspects a market maker let's say is doing something and manipulating price or like he's trying to take advantage of something like how do you avoid you know getting caught off sides in a position and like looking out for other actors that are basically trading against you i let me formulate look the thing is our trading is a bit different right we don't have like really directional positions right we don't have a long position for btc for example and we sit here and wait when it is 40 right no uh we trade i would say quite short-term trading uh average position uh, position term is like around one second so let's say we bought and sell we bought uh, we buy and sell buy and sell right and we trade like statistical models right uh, kind of we try to predict how market will look like in one minute yeah. or in one second right and then trade and uh, statistically it doesn't lose the pnl looks like this it's not like this it's, it's just like this right it belongs it depends on volume that's why when someone manipulates when someone i don't know does something or i don't know some fresh crash happens it's okay because you could it, 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 it didn't happen it doesn't happen uh like from nothing right it should be one order in the book and anyway you see it in the system right because it is latency competition and if you see that you always have a chance to remove the quote right or uh, the system can adjust itself right that's it's okay of course when it's flash crash like like this right nobody could survive right but yeah. this is about risk management right we would trade uh, like very very small sizes with very very uh, free high frequency right okay we lose like 10 bucks what's next <laughs> yeah. yeah it seems like the entire like crypto twitter community seems to like believe that you're sort of this like dwf is like some sort of this boogeyman um market manipulator sort of market maker um but like do you think um that 
there is someone out there that's like actually manipulating markets and like you guys are getting like the bad flack for it? Or like, what do you think is going on there? Do you think people are just trying to explain something that they don't understand by maliciousness? I would like, uh, uh, I, I think that it's uh, the second point, right? People try to find uh, someone who can be the cause of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like hundreds of years back, right? People believe that the sun is God, right? Because it's the sun, right? But now we know that it's a star. It is not a God, right? And same here. Uh, but uh, there is no science that exploring, I don't know, some pump of some shit coin, right? It's, it just happened and then people forgot it, right? Uh, It's like this. So you think it's unlikely that there's someone else out there manipulating markets in these shit coins? You think it's like more organic behavior? I don't, uh, as I said, right? I don't think that someone manipulates the market. Mm -hmm. Because uh, every exchange has its risk policies, right? Uh, To manipulate the market, right? It is, I don't think that it could happen, right? Maybe it could happen like once, right? But again and again, again and again, or like continuously, right? It is not possible. Uh, I don't think that it could could be manipulated somehow. Got it. And your tweet about like, uh, you know, I can liquidate you or bless you. I can force you up or down. It's about market, right? It's from markets. There is the market, right? The market is the master of the game. My market like, is the master of the game, yes. Do you think like, uh, you know, we should wake up every morning and try to be this master? What should, should we aspire to that or it's just out of reach? We can't actually be the master or should we every day just try to get closer to being the master? Look, the, the, the market is neutral, right? There is no goal to, I don't know, to liquidate some, I don't know, some random name, right? Some, sorry, let's say Ivan from some small city somewhere, right? There is no goal, right? It just happens, right? I think that uh, to win on the market, right? It's easier to accept how the market looks like and try to find a strategy that will be beneficial for these markets, right? Because learning, this is the process, right? And less emotions, right? Less, uh, you, you know, a very good example about the market, right? And the master of the market. I had some friend in the past that he was the owner of some forex uh, company in Southeast Asia in Vietnam, and he said he told me that the best trader is the trader who who lost money, because when someone makes money, he's happy and he's living. When someone lost money, he wants to may make money and cover the losses and he will do it again and again again and again it's this is just like this yeah those are the traders you want i'm curious like have you read uh books like market wizards or some of these traditional sort of you know uh very in-depth trading theory books like uh like that like all these interviews with with like the big big traders have you have you studied trading as an art or you kind of view it just as a as a business that you're supporting uh, I didn't read uh, this book, but I read uh, Quant's, Flash Boys, uh, Game of Liars, uh, LTCM. Uh, it's very good examples, right? Uh, I, I'm more about these books. Uh, 
And when I started, right, I, um, I used to do like a simple arbitrage, right, strategies with my partners, right? And I always uh, been more related to BD stuff than to trading, right? I understand how it works. Uh, I can do like simple code, right? But this is not my strong side. Got it. Okay. And before we move on to other topics, just in, just to cl close up the topic of perpetuals, because I do think it's it's you know it's it's a unique topic to crypto. We, we've we've talked about it before, but when you look at perpetuals, we we looked at it with cred um, in our previous interview that the thing with going long and short is very different. When you go long in a perpetual, if the funding rate is against you and you have to move to the spot, it's fine because you just need dollars and you can buy spot. There's there's no issue. But if you're yeah. short. It's a very different problem. If you're short and you want to move your position to spot because you don't like the funding rate, unless you hold the spot or you can borrow it somewhere, you know, which, which uh, might not be available, you're kind of stuck, right? Like there's this weird imbalance between longs and shorts. And what I'm seeing is that, um, you know, some people have figured this out and some people haven't. And the ones who haven't get get stuck in these funding rates. And, um, you know, it, it's like a game it's more like you said, like some, some coins are for investment, uh, like BTC, you can't do this, right? You can't do this on BTC. Um, but for smaller coins, it ends up being kind of like a casino. Um, is, is that kind of how you feel as well? Uh, I don't think that it's casino, but it is like casino, right? And uh, I will not name a coin, right? Uh, but if you take a look for uh, at one of the coins now, it has like, if I remember correctly, 36% daily finding rates. 36. Who are these guys who are shorting it? And pay uh, 36%. Why you do it? Why you even touch it? <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. It's okay to be bearish. It's okay to be bullish. You know, you know the saying, Andre? They say, uh, they say bulls make money. They say bears make money. Pigs get slaughtered. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> So like, let's just chat Binance for a second. Uh, obviously, if you want to trade in uh, like significant size, you have to use Binance. Are you at all concerned about leaving like a large portion of your funds there? Do you have no concerns at all? Are you happy with Binance? Uh, we're happy with Binance. And you know, this is, this is the nature of crypto market, right? Uh, you should accept this risk that uh, this is the crypto exchanges, right? I don't feel any risk for Binance, frankly. I am not agree. I, I completely disagree with uh, the FAT, right? Uh, and we need to have funds there for trading. And of course, Binance has on Binance we have the major part of funds because Binance requires the major part of funds, right? Let's say on Gate we have much less, but still. And so when this stuff is FTX happened, we also lost some funds there, right? Because you have to have uh, funds on the exchange for trading, <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah. So do, do you think like with Binance specifically, the US government's concerns from the SEC and DOJ are like, are legitimate? Or do you think they're more politicized of like Binance is similar to China and Russia? So it's in the bad category and we're going to, you know, like take a closer look. I would uh, say differently, right? I would not compare Binance with China and Russia, right? Uh, Let's take a look from another side, right? The US has Coinbase. Mm -hmm. This is the local player, right? Which is uh, invested by local investors, which which is playing uh, by local rules, right? Of course, it has some 
kind of argues with SEC, right? But it's local exchange. And this exchange was made to serve the US customers, right? And mm-hmm. then you have uh, competition from not local exchange. And uh, it could hurt your local player, right? Why would you support foreign exchange, right? You need to support the local one, especially you have everything to do this, right? Yeah, it's interesting how you frame it. It's almost like the discussion around TikTok in the United States where all of our politicians are very anti-TikTok. Maybe it's because of spying, but probably more likely because of competition with our tech companies. So yeah, really interesting. You never know, right? Like in China, everyone use WeChat, right? But I don't think, and me personally, I use WeChat, right? But I don't think that someone from the government of another country especially Western one, would use WeChat. And uh, so vice versa, China will never use WhatsApp for some government-related stuff, right? <laughs> so the world is much more complicated, I think. <laughs> uh, I mean, Andre, since, since we have you here, I'm curious, kind of like you as a person, obviously, you, you like this uh, fascinating character. Um, you know this, like, curse that, you know, they talk about on crypto Twitter about main characters. You never want to be the main character and you know, some of the CEOs of exchanges like uh, Star or, you know, Ben, like these kind of the ones that are close to the top, but they, they don't want to be the main character. Do you do you think at some point you'll, you know, you're getting 20,000 followers now, you you get to like, you know, 100,000. Is, is there a point or, you, or you're not worried about being the main character? I don't, uh, I don't want to be my uh, character, right? And at the same time, I don't mind to be my character, right? Uh, I just have fun in Twitter, right? I do what I do. And if people like it, they like it. If people don't like it, they don't like it. Yeah, I don't care, right? I just do what I want to do. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I, I I like that you use this, your favorite emoji. Everybody has their favorite emojis. And uh, this uh, yeah. roller coaster emoji, you love the roller coaster yeah. emoji. <laughs> yeah. In your life, like, do you do like bungee jumping? Do you kind of like to do adrenaline stuff that goes up and down and you, and you kind of like the, the action or how are you in your personal life? Uh, in my personal life, I like a big fan of this uh, extreme sports. I do wakeboarding uh, with both rights. I do boxing since like ages. Uh, and a lot of another stuff like, like, I don't know, jogging, uh, like and stuff like that. Do you get bored if like uh, there's nothing going on? Like you know, you get do you get bored easily if, if if there's no kind of interesting things going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, something should, should 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 happen, right? Uh, as Nietzsche said, right, that uh, the happiness uh, when you when you go through difficulties and win these difficulties from one to next one to next one. Right? I agree with this philosophy. I've like noticed in my life that there's like two types of people that are very successful. It's the type that get bored very easily because they keep looking for, you know, new ideas, new opportunities and they want to learn. And it's the people who never get, never get bored because the people who never get bored, they're just so interested and fascinated about every detail They they keep going into like the details. And at some point that, you know, they they get really expert. I don't know, like Justin and and Thicky, like, are you guys more like Andre or more like me? I would say I, I'm very much someone who, ne- who never gets bored and just kind of likes the minutiae. How about you guys? Uh, I get bored very easily. I, th- I think that's why I'm in crypto. I mean, this year has been extremely boring. So we're having to cope by like starting this podcast and do other fringe things. 
But uh, yeah, I get bored very easily. I'm one of those type of people that like always has a million different hobbies, always exploring new things, always trying to travel, etc. Um, I think that's what drew me to crypto. I think a lot of people are drawn to crypto for that. Very international. There's always something going on. Very volatile. There's always like a new, not even pump and dump, right? But like, there's always a new narrative, right, to attach to. So uh, for me, I think I'm more like Andre. I mean, I feel like I have a really addictive personality. It's like whenever I get into something, I get into it like really, really hard. Like in 2020, it was like poker for me um, or like even during college, like I would spend more time studying poker than I, d- I did in my classes. Um, and then in the past couple of years, I just like got really deep into crypto. Um, and though the markets are still pretty dry um, and the opportunities are, you know, like not there right, compared to the bull market, um, I still find myself trying to understand, okay, like, well, right now the markets are pretty, pretty, pretty trash, right? pretty boring, uh, you know, poor, very fast, right? Like for a slide from token 2049. Um, but then I'm thinking about, okay, like what can actually bring the bull market back? It has to be led by you know, some types of consumer applications, maybe uh, like yield bearing stable coins through tokenized treasuries. Um, and then I can kind of build like theses around that. And that way I can still be excited because, you know, like it makes me an optimist, right? It's like, okay, like these things are happening. Therefore I still believe in crypto. How about you, Thicky? Are you are you uh, are you kind of like these guys? Are you adrenaline junkie? I think I'm kind of like Taiki when like I need something to be like addicted to at all times. And like if I'm not like obsessed with something, then I get like bored of everything. But like I want something to just like solely focus on, and then I don't get bored of the little details. Nice, nice, interesting. Uh, yeah, I love that crypto brings brings these different types together. Yeah, Andre, we we saw this tweet of yours, and it was very very funny. Um, it seems like you're a big fan of the Singapore skyline. Uh, the chart looks. Really <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious um, if you have any opinions on um, other sort of city skylines. So we're going to call this uh, segment like "Rate the Skyline." So here is uh, New York. I'm curious what you what your thoughts are on it. It's like BTC yesterday, right? <laughs> <laughs> a little Empire State building up and down and back to Chop City, right? This okay. is Freedom Tower. <laughs> oh, it's Freedom Tower. So that's not the Empire State Building. I've never been in New York. I don't know. Just BTC. For okay. 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 Uh, here's, here's the next one, if you recognize it. Oh, this is it's London, this is, right? It's London, yes, it's London. This is London. Is London bullish or bearish? I don't know. This red constructions, it's like I don't know, it's <laughs> down high spikes, volatility. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it was not is liquidity La- twice. Andre, does London remind you of a shit coin? It's some algorithmic stable coin, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is too boring. This is too boring for him. Yeah. Right, I, I, okay. I, I love the way, right? <laughs> this is a tall, majestic, cosmopolitan mixture of glass and steel representing the state-of-the-art engineering by the world's finest overseeing the Middle East. What are your thoughts on this one? I would say that it's quite bullish, right? It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's bullish? How is that bullish? <laughs> There's some Lambos there. There's a Lambo city is what it looks Lambos like. Lambos to be made, yeah, right? Yeah. Is, is Dubai your favorite city that, that you've lived in? or? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I like Dubai like a city, right? But I can't live in Dubai. It's uh, The weather is not for me. Uh, what's, what's your favorite city then? My favorite city? I have a few of them. It is 
Zook in Switzerland. I really like it. Uh, and mountains and everything. Uh, it is uh, Tashkent. It's my hometown, but it's nice now. It's also mountains, but Asian mountains. I like Moscow. It is quite, it is great, but it's too huge. Uh, traffic jam is insane. And uh, I love Singapore. Nice, nice. Cool. Let's move on to uh, some of other favorite segments. We have uh, one called um, How Degen Am I? And uh, we kind of uh, talk about something that we did in, in the last week that was a little bit on the Degen side related to crypto or maybe not related to crypto. We could take it wherever we uh, we want. Thinky, have you done anything uh, Degen lately? Well, I think it's kind of Degen. I, um, so I've been in Dubai for the past week, just sort of meeting people and trading, but like I've been so I've been so refusing to not trade U.S. hours that I pretty much just wake up and sleep in U.S. hours in Dubai, and Dubai is like nine hours ahead. So like I pretty much sleep at like eight a.m. and I wake up at like four or five p.m. and I just don't see the sun. Uh, so I haven't seen the sun <laughs> because I've been in my hotel room trading for the past week. But it's nice because like Dubai is very like nightlife center. Like you know everything stays open late, so I don't feel like I'm missing out on too much. That definitely takes me back to uh, poker poker days. Okay, that's uh, that's reasonably degen. Definitely uh, puts me back in that environment. Has the trading been going okay, or do you feel like the hours being like off of the off of the sun is affecting your performance? It's a little bit worse, but the book's at all time highs, so you know, very happy. Good job, all time high. Love it, uh, Taiki. How about you? Um, not as degen as you know, adjusting my sleep schedule while traveling to different countries. But um, I feel like time the timeline on Twitter, crypto Twitter is like pretty doom and gloom. It feels like people just expect one last dip before the having pump um but i actually you know it's a kind of depleted my cash position recently um and i'm like just max long um, like no leverage um but i'm like super bullish like the tokenized treasury don't liquidate him andre <laughs> <laughs> no, no 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 i'm not i'm not playing the the, the binance <clears throat> casino but um yesterday like, i bridged to kanto um and it's been a while since i've bridged to like like an alto, I one can't believe thing. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I was so scared. Eyebrows raising. I thought you were gonna say maker. Oh, I, I mean, I still hold maker, but I, I bought more. I, I mean, I, I still hold a bunch of maker. Um, still hold FXS and Canto, but um, the bridging experience, like it's it's been a while since I've bridged to like some obscure chain, and I sent a bunch of ETH in like USDC and. Like the confirmation took like over an hour, um, and I was kind of freaking out. Like, where where, where the fuck is my money? Um, and then like now I'm like I, I bought this like very inflationary like L1 L2 coin. Um, so hopefully uh, my thesis plays out. Um, but just like going max long, uh, I guess going contrarian and like just buying. Usually, usually your Dijon of the week stuff is is pretty weak, but this is this is solid. I have to say, like you know, after all this time, still moving to Canto and doing. This is this is the high score. I think Andre's got you know, I thought you were gonna be like our Dijon of the week, but Taiki just actually just set a pretty high bar. Like, have you done anything uh comparable Dijon wise lately? Uh it's two times. The first one in uh, at the hotel when I had my layover in Dubai. I just tried to turn off uh, the TV and by I don't know how I just how to say in English, just broke this this stuff and my wife and i we, what did you break yes break it was dead completely and we were waiting for some of these service guys to fix it uh, like a whole night right because we could not uh, turn off the lights it was shit. uh and the second uh, and the next day i 
mixed up pills and instead of like some vitamins i just took a sleeping pills and it was like <laughs> super bad day for me because i need to have some meetings it was shit <laughs> it's just i constantly wanted to uh, wanted to, uh, to sleep <laughs> wow so those are both uh very very powerful uh contributions um do you do you do like on-chain stuff like do you kind of get involved in like you know trying to farm stuff or go to new chains or, or you don't have too much time for uh for kind of like the on-chain things uh for intake i open it just for fun right uh is some things i do for fun right but in terms of business, we do something, but uh, we do not do farming too much, frankly. We did it in 2020, but yeah. Okay, okay. Anyway, very, very solid contributions. Justin, how about you? Any Anything, uh, DJN? I have I have COVID, so I have a little bit of a pass of not doing too much on chain, even though I'm just hanging out at home. So so maybe I should have something. Uh, the only thing I, I, I did this week was uh, I've been airdrop farming on Hook protocol. Taiki actually turned me on to it. It's an NFT options protocol. And um, basically, you, you can basically buy or sell options for like individual NFTs. It's pretty interesting. I'd recommend people try it. Um, the NFT market is so volatile that I think a lot of these options are underpriced and, um, I'm not much of a trader, but I've actually, you know, been a little, you know, quite profitable on this app, which is cool and possibly an airdrop. So, um, I don't think it's as degen as, as Taiki, unfortunately, but that, that's all I got this week. Is, is bridging a Kanto really that degen? I feel like that's... Well, who's bridging anymore? Why would you ever bridge anywhere? Yeah, it's like... many months after, like, yeah. you know, Taiki, you, you stepped up. I have to say, like, I thought Andre was going to run away with it. And, you know, he, he does have very solid contribution. But um, I feel like it's a, it's a draw. It's it's a tie between uh, Taiki and Andre this week. So I would say one, one thing about uh, options, right? Those who complain about perps they didn't try options yet <laughs> i wonder when people start touching options we, we do some option trading and you can't imagine what people buy and what people say sell because it is complicated and yeah i wait when options will be <laughs> large is, is there any market with like options on shit coins yet or is it just uh, like you know btc ETH, or is there that kind of stuff uh, you don't need to have market for shit coins uh, to let people do some weird decisions. Just trust me. I've seen some orders on Binance, right? When someone bought like a call option on BTC, which costed like, let's say hundred bucks. And worst case scenario, this guy lost 100 bucks. Best case scenario, he earned 10 cents. I have no idea what is the <laughs> rationale of, of this type of trades, right? But a lot of people do this because they don't understand how option works, options work. Yeah, like why do you think the option market for crypto is hasn't been has like hasn't been developed like developed? Um, I feel like perps is huge in crypto, but it's like option like there's like there a bit, but there's like nothing on chain uh, aside from Avo. But like even that's not getting that much adoption. I, I do believe in option market. It should be right, but but when? Uh, hope next bull cycle. If you're building a decentralized options market, can they pitch DWF and maybe get some venture funding? Yes, of course. Because we're interested in this. Yeah, it's it's nice. Now's the time to build. Cool. All right. So uh, Dijon of the Week gets uh, gets split between Taiki and Andre. And uh, Andre, I mean, we've seen you with the McDonald's hat on stage. And uh, kudos to you for wearing that. But you also seem to be doing very well and, and kind of like thinking, you know, you might be uh, at, at a 
at a high watermark. What do you have to kind of uh, give for advice for you know our listeners or people who also want to make it? Um, they don't want to be NGMI. Any any tips for aspiring traders? What kind of uh, advice do you have for uh, crypto folks? Maybe it's kind of common, right? But I would say that if you lose something and your losses are huge, don't need to try to get it back right now, right? Highly likely you would lose again because it's emotional driven decision. The second one, uh, when you play leverage, right? You should know that it's okay that you lose all the money that are in collateral because nobody knows the future, right? And uh, we don't believe that, let's say me or you will say someone that tomorrow will be, I don't know, something, right? So something happened, like this guy will be this stuff, right? But people, by some reason, believe that someone could say same prediction for the market, right? They couldn't. And third one, uh, I would never trust anyone who gives any advices about any tokens, about anything, right? Because nobody knows what happens. So number one, uh, you start with basically uh, your number one tip is don't try to make it all back in one trade. Your number two tip is... Don't play with leverage too much. You're going to get liquidated, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and, and your, your, your third advice, how would you summarize it? Don't trust anyone. Don't trust BitBoy. Don't trust people who are uh, telling Except you for everyone here, right? I mean, you can trust us. <laughs> of course. Yeah, well, <laughs> don't trust anyone except us. <laughs> <laughs> Andre, it's been, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for doing this. Uh, we appreciate that you, that you, uh, you hopped on with us and uh, answering every single question we gave you. We hope to have you on again sometime. And uh, everybody who's listening, hope you enjoyed it. See you next time. Thanks. See you Bye. next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Hey, ciao.